Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today. Welcome to filmandtvreview.com. Catch the latest film, TV and streamed show reviews every week. The views and opinions expressed by the authors and those providing comments are theirs alone. They do not reflect the views, opinions or position of film and tvreview.com or their respective parent companies or affiliates. Film and tvreview.com makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information in this program and is for entertainment purposes only. Episodes may contain adult humor and language. For full terms and conditions see filmandtvreview.com. Hello and welcome to another film and TV review and this topic today is on AI as it is reflected in film and television series uh, throughout the eras. It's um, had quite a few uh, depictions uh, throughout the ages and from a malevolent force to something a bit more sophisticated in in uh, certain TV series. Um, I'm joined by um, Andrew, Richard and Mark today and uh, so I thought we'd just jump straight in. Um, Richard, hi Richard. Um, hey. Yeah, AI, what, what, how do you, uh, what do you kind of like think how it's been reflected in film and TV over the years? So, so you seen it grown in sophistication or what's your view on it? Um, so I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about this topic. Uh, I think that actually, and probably you have other ideas, you might, prove me wrong, but I have a feeling that there are like uh, two or three different types of AI that have been represented in uh, movies and TV shows, or movies at least. Maybe the most popular one is the one where we have uh, an AI, artificial intelligence obviously, uh, that gets becomes self-aware and uh, decides to uh, <laughs> rebel against uh, against its creators human beings literally so uh, the most famous examples are uh, is um, uh, terminator franchise or the matrix franchise to name a few um, then there is another actually uh, Hard to define, but another kind of AI, I would call it the one where, which is more accurate to what 
it's happening now in the near future, which is uh, AI created to kind of help uh, human beings uh, in ways that are sometimes almost ethical with a question mark. Uh, I mean, for I can think about uh, what I was going online and checking out different movies with AI. It made me think about movies like her with uh, Joaquin Phoenix or yeah. or uh, AI by AI, the movie AI uh, by Steven Spielberg. Uh, why I mentioned this too, because in her, obviously you have uh, literally a love story. Uh, I think it's clearly a love story between a human being and a AI. Uh, and in uh, in uh, in artificial intelligence, the movie uh, by Spielberg, in a way, it, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ali Joel Osment plays a, a, a robot, but he kind of like Pinocchio is trying to look like at, at best, uh, uh, at, at best of his capabilities, look like a, a real boy. And, uh, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but in that movie, because I watched it like only a couple of times, but a long time ago, is almost play a boy. He's actually adopted by a family in a way. That's actually his main purpose, his main job as a robot. So as I was saying, it's ethical with point, question mark. I mean, is it right to use robots and AI like this? Right or wrong? I don't know if, I don't know if there's a debate here. Um, and uh, I forgot the first that I had in my mind. Uh, I know I want to make a joke, but there was a third item about it. But anyway, there was something I wanted. <laughs> Actually, I also have AI in TV shows in parodies. And uh, it's something that I just want to make a shout is... Um, in the office, in the US version, there is one of the most, the funniest, one of the funniest episodes ever is where you have one of the main characters who is uh, Dwight Schrute. And he actually is a big nerd like me. And uh, he has watched maybe too many sci fi movies. And uh, there is a, a software, a AI, created by the, the company he works for, another Mifflin. And this AI is supposed to sell paper 10 times, 100 times better than him. And he decides to challenge the AI, kind of like Gary Kasparov challenging an AI playing chess like 20 or 30 years ago. And he wants to prove that human beings is better than the AI. <laughs> but he believes all day, he believes that the AI is self-aware and is actually trying to challenge him. That's an hilarious episode, and actually, I was talking about for the last three minutes. So, just a shout out. But I would try to think about. I was thinking about the third way, uh, the third, third way actually AI is portraying movies and TV shows. I thought about that this morning and can't remember. But anyway, that's uh, that's my thoughts so far. Yeah, it's been kind of like three different aspects or more. I mean, you mentioned with the um, with Spielberg's AI. I think with the Haley Joe Osmond. He seems to have quite a singular purpose of finding a family and serving that family and having that particular yeah. function. He, he has there's a whole kind of revolution happening at the background, which is always a popular 
uh, trope, either the AI revolutions or the kind of, they're kind of used as the um, s slave analogy, as in, well, he's a worker B class, which is not given rights. But it is a bit more complex with when it's a created non-human, as in non-human tropes, and how do we designate them with the same rights as humans? And and I guess, yeah, the Matrix, I, that certainly, um, it certainly starts off in the first film as them against us, they want to control, but then it very quickly goes underneath that as in AI sophistication, our relationship with it, our symbiotic relationship, which I think they're trying to aim for with, by the third film. So it did, um, did explore our relationship and our mutual futures, which is kind of like, I suppose, hasn't explored as much, but I'm probably going forward, it will be. Uh, before that, and it's always, God, before that, the, the, it's always the, the, been, the, go for it, yeah, sorry. No, no I was like, the, the fact that actually that AI one day will become self-aware and even smarter than us, it's not really science fiction. In my opinion, when you listen to people actually who know what, they, what they're talking about, they say it's just a matter of time. Now the question is, will they actually be like the Skynet of our civilization mm. and etc.? Maybe it's a bit far-fetched, but it's it's I don't yeah, I think it's def there is something very realistic nowadays. Maybe not really 40 years ago when the Terminator franchise was made, but nowadays it feels actually it's it can happen. So what if what if the AI realizes that we are what we are doing to our planet and decides like we have a problem. That's always used. Yeah, that, that's I the story. In iRobots, that's the story. In iRobots, they took over to save us from ourselves because what? We, because we endanger the our planet, we're gonna kill ourselves. So they took over to save us. And, and it's always kind of used that as that kind of that paper thin excuse to wipe out humanity. It's mm. um on, on on a weird moment. Even with the Terminator, it's not like you know. It's uh, it, it takes it to the nth degree of um, it was set up to protect, uh, let's say, the states from its enemies, but it decides uh, to take out everything out of the board. That'd be the quickest way. Let, let the preemptive strike, and it's kind of like a long chess game. But, but now the small detail that we would be wiped out, this is kind of an acceptable loss. And um, but I think they've been veering away from it. I think within the last two a decade or so maybe 20 years it's been a bit more interesting exploration because um I, I mean i just hope that we can get some kind of partnership with ai but because if we're going to be just pushed out the board completely it's a bit a bit scary uh, it, it's also scary. crazy that it seems like what they say about god created the man uh as like with his image as a reference or something like that. <laughs> and, and it's and now the science, which you could say that it's very opposite to religion in some ways. We have yeah, created <laughs> things yeah. that think like like ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> they they, they um, explore uh, another franchise that they explore is um, I suppose Prometheus. So you, we, mm. we, before that, is, I guess Blade Runner, which mm. I mean, they're exploring their the difference between human and um, Android uh, in the 1982 Ridley Scott's uh, uh, movie and Philip K. Dick novel. That was a very interesting take even back then about 
their differences? Are you? They have to employ a test to um, see if you can tell the difference uh, of androids and us, even if they're in human flesh form, but they artificially made, can you tell the difference? And what makes us different from them? And, and then in Prometheus, that kind of like shows that imbalance of relationship when you have a superior entity made in our image and then it sees us as inferior and then it of course goes the psychopathic route of actually just maybe creating a whole new planet at the expense of the indigenous population um it never ends out really good um um you know it's it's a bit kind of like it, it, it there have been series that have explored it a bit more with a bit more depth and a bit more subtlety, but um yeah, if there was like um like an animal that could get really intelligent but it still had to reproduce, had hormones, had aspirations in life, stuff like that. Or or, or an alien species that work in that way similar to humans. But if it's just a, a, a like an intelligence that doesn't have a body, that doesn't have hormones, that this not doesn't get into crazy thoughts, well, they don't have much to do, really. You just follow instructions. It, well, mm. just out of boredom, I thought, well, why not just wipe out everyone? Yes, I think <laughs> for it to have that relationship, it does remind me of, I guess, in, in Star Trek, in the next generation, they have a character, um, Data, who he's made with synthetic body, but then always aspires to be uh, human. Uh, that's his, his goal. And I think in the later films of the franchise, they do tend to replace a bit of his portion of his skin with, of his hand with skin and using the sensations and all that. And so it's kind of like, you know, um, emerging of, of, of us and them seems ultimately in some of those films. Um, you've seen um, Westworld, um, I think. Uh, I have seen Westworld, the whole series, yeah. You've seen the whole series. Uh, what did you think how we explored it in that? Because uh, it seemed quite a bit more, quite a lot of depth going into AI. I think, whole yeah, thing. it starts like with your basic super intelligent AI that replicates humans in a park. And, but they are unaware, let's say, and they this is like an AI that follows instructions and they repeat like, let's say, a, a plot or a storyline that the real humans had put into their brains. So they have different ways to react like humans, but they just follow a storyline that plays over and over and over again. And then some of them uh, get a little bit more like, I don't know, frustrated with their life and start exploring what would be, why, why, why the, let's say, why they exist and why they have to do always the same things, kind of like that. Uh, so it starts like that. And then Westworld, it's a series that takes on a lot of high concepts about oh, existence, about uh, control over other people or humans or robots, about where we go when we go to other places, uh, not like heaven or anything, but just like the, the existence in different ways so it it starts to be a lot theor more theoretical i would say and it begins like to tell you big concepts with 
a budget that more or less stays the same. So you kind of imagine sometimes what is happening on a big scale, even if they are in a, in a city, they tell you, well, all the souls are here and all the AIs are there and we, we are trying to, to dominate the whole universe and whatever. And then you're kind of like, yeah, I think I'm following. I think I'm following and you are winning or the other side is winning or whatever. So it's, it's interesting. It's a little bit flawed, I would say, but at, at, at sometimes when it really wants to get high concept, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it kind of, I mean, kind of remarkable from its, I mean, originally there was the, uh, I think the Michael Crichton novel uh, was made into a film, Westworld originally, uh, more of the basic malevolent AI just hunting down humans because it's part of its programming, well, told to, that's part of the game, but then it just takes its safety protocols off. But then with the series, I mean, it was came, you know, a few decades later, which was, I think there's only been two, for all three seasons, I can't, I can't remember. Westworld, but, I think, has at least seasons. four. Oh, it's four. But it is, um, I do like how it took its steps in overview of how AI could play a part in within its parameters of a play park originally, as it starts to overtake that and come this control and fractions. And then it went into the real world where it started looking at cities and you have this big mega computer, which is a predictive behavior, which is kind of like how studies us as a collective and then studies our behavior and, and so so it yeah, yeah quite a few basically levels of um, yeah that's basically ai just studying yeah. and repeating and is this a dog and is this a dog and is this a dog you see and humans click on different dogs and say yeah it's a dog it's a dog it's a dog and then the ai says okay all of them are dogs okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's um but that, it, it explored that quite well for series in recent times um right well i'll pick around what kind of um, highlights of that's um caught our eye in in film and tv um andrew um you've uh, any films or tv that that's kind of like really you thought highlighted well ai or even badly but yeah, I mean, there's kind of a mix of uh, all of them. And I think it started off also with talking about like the AI uh, things uh, going wrong, like the Terminator, uh, the Matrix. I would say more the Animatrix and the Matrix. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, more recently in, uh, in Megan. Um, but actually, uh, one of the things, because um, there's actually a number of cases of AI. But I guess to try and narrow it down, it's a very important topic. Uh, I like the different uh, ones they show um, on Black Mirror because they really show the mix of AI going wrong and then AI being abused. And the latter one is, I don't know if it's unique to that program, but the idea that you have digital copies of real people and these digital copies think that they're the actual thing, you know, the real deal, so to speak. And uh, I guess they call them cookies, uh, at least within the context of Black Mirror, they're called cookies. So you have these situations where these individuals think that, you know, they are actual people and then they turn out to be these digital copies and they get become almost like uh, like servants, almost like slaves, or they become abused, uh, you know, by someone trying to get revenge on like 
the real world. So, uh, or they get used in other ways to kind of um, solve an issue or uh, a case going on in the real world, crime or something. So, and, and it's weird because you start out sometimes, you look at these and you think like, oh, this is like a real person and it's, oh, it's just a digital copy. And there was one episode, I won't get into like the spoilers, but you follow these people around and it turns out that the uh, whole thing is just inside an app. So uh, that was one of the episodes. So it's like they're not even remotely real. They're just uh, algorithms put out by an app. So they're just, they do all kinds of stuff with the AI. Then you also have those robotic dogs who go around uh, killing people. And that's the case of the AI going horribly wrong. Uh, then another example that just came to mind, but I don't know if I should mention, because again, spoilers, because it's not clear that it's AI, uh, but it's from a Japanese film from several years ago. Um, came out in 2015, pretty violent film. Uh, but you're wondering, there's all this weird stuff going on, and it turns out that the character is not a real person, but it exists only inside a video game. So... Um, I don't know if I should say the title of it because, you know. Well, go ahead. The Ryan Reynolds movie, uh, that the one that the one the one that starred Ryan Reynolds and Jodie Comer and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not yeah. talking about Free Guy. I'm yeah, talking yeah. About the Japanese okay. film from 2000. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I was saying that I would, you also had that one, which I don't remember. Uh, fly, uh, what's guy? What kind Free of guy, guy was it? Free Guy. Free, Free, Free guy. guy. Yeah, it was Ryan Reynolds. And uh, Taika, Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, like the villain in that film. So you, you did remind me another Black Mirror episode. I think I can't remember the title, but it was I think um, I love sometimes it was to help with a uh, relative that had deceased, and so what they had a program which would those who couldn't get over loss they had a program which would copy their brain and actually oh be right them, back i think it's yeah, called, yeah kind of have them around but then it's like well this is like artificial what the responses of that person would be but then it takes it to the nth degree it's like well it's this stuff seems to um unravel but it's kind of like it's um it, it's quite interesting looking at that bridge between what's an approximation of say a real person and what the artificial one is and you can why it's an artificial one what is that difference which i think is the quite interesting territory is when it's trying to see the difference between us or say a human being and then a, a machine which is just a copy but then how much of it has its own automated brain function but um which, which i guess what i mean because even with chat um ai programs and versions it's more of collected facts and figures put together and sentences, but then where at what point do you say it has you know, sentience, um, which has um, always been a trope of, of sci-fi stuff. Yeah, I think that's the Turing test. Yeah, the Turing test. Yeah, that has already been over. I mean, it's the new GP, uh, the new AIs, they can pass as human pretty easily, yeah, not all the time, but 
<clears throat> so Turing test is yeah. Yeah, they can fool someone and they pass the Turing the Turing test. Um, but then I, I guess it's like the what other areas where it would go with sci-fi as in looking ahead. It's it's us. Are we in the process of our our age age of men coming to the end, and then are we going to have a, a hybrid relationship with them? Where it's uh, do we get augmented? It's those those kind of things. Um, are we going to lose our humanity by um, having this kind of robots that people will use to have sex with to to do violent acts towards to do all these yeah. things that that. <laughs> well, that's, that's what explored in Westworld because it was certainly in the movie or even in yeah, the TV truly. series. They they had what they had Westworld, but they had the Roman Colosseums or the Roman Empire and uh, medieval world where you would bring out your base instincts because they basically had no um, consequence on, on that on those androids that were looked for testing purposes. Uh, human, so that's you doing an act to a human being, which even the series explored shooting, killing, and whatever to a being. And then, how does that change you? Uh, I think it is well explored in Westworld and, and in the think, series as well. I, I think the question mm. is, but yeah, the question is, but at what point do you consider a robot uh, to have rights and to be considered as a human being? Because uh, as long as in sci-fi, especially, but maybe now on the future, you consider robots to be literally, yeah, nothing without a soul, without rights, and being like slaves, people will actually indeed actually do whatever they want with these things. To be honest, without any, and and it would go not, not go under the uh, let's say the umbrella of uh, of uh, justice and law. To be honest. I think at the, at the moment that they can prove that they are experiencing something similar to suffering in that sense, in the sense that, because it, it always happens that, yeah, these, these robots don't, don't, are not sentient, but if, if they were really sentient like humans and you, and you could compare that the, the artificial intelligence would go as far as that say that, that, that frontier of, of really feeling that they are, well, that they are depressed, suffering, that they are, maybe then you would have to think about it. Um, I think, I think we can go back to a film that we mentioned earlier, which explored, you know, that our relationship, their relationship, how they feel, if they do feel like in, in the film, um, Her, with um, Joaquin Phoenix and I think Scarlett Johansson is the voice, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. It, it, it is it is kind of like it's a nice kind of like uh, premise of an operating system that's basically can do anything but has a basically an AI which, which can anticipate your needs but then it has to get to know you and then it we become more the victims as we kind of delude ourselves that it's a a real relationship or it does feel real to the operator which is um, uh, the working Phoenix working Phoenix character. Um, he can't. It is like you said, Richard, like a love story. But then, from the AI's point of view, you you kind of find out that even though it feels like a very special relationship between the operator and the operating system, or or her as it's called, um, there 
actually evolving and so they're having relationships with other people thousands of other people so it's, it's kind of like mm-hmm. we seem to be under the delusion of putting uh, feelings and, and, and relationships onto inanimate things which is just doing the best copy of, uh, of course, responses yeah. So, and he knew. I mean, he knew. I mean, it's easy to know that that they they can call you sweetie. I love you very much. And it's not, it doesn't. But at the same time, yeah, it it is it is true. But at the same time, it's a bit sad because that guy clearly had in the movie had uh, difficulties to connect with the, the social, the real social society. But at least I remember I came at his own friends are extremely open-minded because they are actually, I don't think they were very judgmental about his behavior towards BAI and with relationship. I don't think that what he's doing is right or wrong again. Um, and obviously, yes, it's it, what he does is uh, there's nothing personal in this relationship. But at the same time, I think that from his point of view, it's it feels exactly as as a real love story. That's would it be the... would it be cheating if he had a, a girlfriend? The girlfriend would be mad. Like, but I, but I think there isn't. I think there, isn't there a scene like this in the movie? Mm. Actually, but I, I think isn't there a scene where he's supposed to go on a date with Olivia Wilde's uh, character, and uh, and I don't know if it's. If it's at that point actually that Scarlett Johansson's voice gets gets jealous, or it's later on in the movie actually that they re- reference to a jealousy between the two of them, or something like that actually. Yeah, anyway. I, it's a very subtle kind of voice performance by um, Scarlett, who is very much more despondent at times when it's it's happening, and he even asks, "Are, are you all right?" So it's kind of like freaky. Is it fooling that it's all right? You could always say if you're feeling. You're not giving that enough attention. Put a despondent uh, delivery in your in your in your answers. So yeah, you could see it that way. But but I think it, it's it's hinted at. It, it is hinted at strongly that oh she's feeling a bit left out and hurt because she's going on a he's going on a real life date. But then um, you could put that in a program and that yeah, 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 just deluding ourselves. But in in the story, it feels like oh oh she does feel something. It's like yeah yeah. I, I think that's that's worse. That's even worse. If you don't have to be jealous and you are programmed to be jealous, yeah, let the man be. <laughs> yeah, I won't open your programs or your internet explorer if you if you don't pay me attention. Um, but these are just copied responses. I mean, it's very. I think what. I'm trying to think of, of of films TV that I've explored that is it real, but is it just a copied very well mirrored mimicry of a response that in a, which will reflect or show or fall that you are your feelings have been hurt or you're angry and so that that's the that's the thing that I kind of always like look for in a, in film and TV kind of like in programs. Um, it's um, I'm trying to think of a those those blurred lines. Um, uh, they do it on Star Trek War. Yeah, I think so. I mean, not um, just the data, but I think just the franchise in general. They, they've done it well. I I think I I think they've even leaned in that quite in the recent Picard's. Uh, oh yeah, the Picard, like the first season. Yeah, 
yeah, they kind of explore the um, they are kind of like their own community. As well. But I just remember there was a um, quite a good episode. It was back in the next generation where they had uh, Data, who was the android. Um, a measure of a man. Yes, I think he's put on trial. I think after all, or when Starfleet have found that it's uh, this data does work so well on the bridge that why don't they copy him and put them on every starship? They'd have to dismantle him it's just to slavery. make sure it works. Yeah. Well, but then but, they yeah. put him on trial, and I think uh, Picard has to work as the his ad- advocate to does he have rights and uh, and so so it's quite you know it's interesting. Uh, look, they do that with holograms too, actually. On oh, the Voyager, like the hologram, oh, emergency, uh, medical doctor, hologram. the emergency doctor, yes, yeah, which is an AI, which is an AI, yeah. Um, and they kind of break their program. Uh, yeah, Richard, what were you going to say? Uh, actually, what it's a bit of a segue because it, it is what we're talking about, but also other things. But uh, in one of the best sci-fi shows of the last thirty years, Battlestar Galactica, there is actually. Uh, there is this line to be crossed so many times about the idea of if, uh, in the case of the silence, uh, if they are literally almost human beings, because they have clearly feelings, all of them, and they want to be considered as human feelings, they are almost, almost jealous to, uh, of human beings because uh, they try to imitate uh, a lot of the things that human beings go through in life. And at some point, even they are, they, they say that they are, believe, they believe in God. They are actually the real chosen ones, uh, uh, the real God creations, and not the human beings. And they are actually a couple of two uh, couples, uh, human robots, actually, who actually, first of all, uh, love each other and uh, have sex and actually get pregnant to go to as far uh, even further than the movie her with Joaquin Phoenix in a way uh, and again there is the uh, there is uh, in fact that show is amazing because there's so many debates actually created so many debates on and off screen about what he's trying to say about our uh, behavior to- towards uh, 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 robots and uh, towards different species getting together or hating each other and uh and in that case yeah that case actually that even this main couple i can think about of one robot and one guy from the fleet one human being they are being judged a lot but sometimes some people actually accept them so it's uh yeah it's a lot, a lot about the discrimination as well so yeah just wanted to mention that because i just thought about it yeah, it's, it's always used kind of that trope of prejudice against, of course, you, you, you can like uh, infer it over, you know, racism and so forth. Yeah. Um, uh, so that that's what it's kind of traditionally as in we could we could uh, uh, experience it on a kind of like well, for a viewership. So, oh, I recognize those those tropes as in, um, but in, in our current circumstances, but. Yeah, with, with AI, it's, it's hard to where you fall on the, um, you know, on the side of, well, is it a bit ridiculous? You know, it, I, I don't know. It's very hard to, to tackle because we, we haven't reached a point where we've come to that crossroads yet. I don't think in real life yet. 
quite honestly. But uh, um, I'm trying to think of things like um, Ghost of the Shell, a lot of anime. I think a lot of, if I'm looking ahead to where we would go with tackling the subject, I think tends to be Japanese anime tends to be quite ahead of the curve in what's happening in in AI, as in it's all very much a synergy or kind of a, a, a relationship's been kind of like found almost. I think Jap- Japan have all from that studios from Japanese cinema and so forth, or in anime, they're very much more seem to be more comfortable with, you know, computers, humans, and where we where we fall in it. Um, I think Ghost in the Machine definitely. Sh- it's very much. I think the main character's the major, and it's actually well. She's she's a she's a robot, but she. I think she carries the brain of her past life. I so I, I think that's more of a cyborg than actually AI, but it's a, but certainly in the ghost of the show, there's an AI that is is fighting for its rights, but it's it, it's plugged into everything. I I I like this film from Chris Columbus, The Bicentennial Man, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. I think it's a very nice film about a robot that wants also to to he to little by little he shows that he can feel and he can love and he even loves through generations of a whole family <laughs> pining for a woman and I think her daughter after or something like that and and yeah he, he's very sweet uh he's programmed to help but at the same time he has his own feelings it's the uh isaac asimov short story that yeah i, I find it was a bit sentimental it's because always kind of like with robin williams you always find sometimes in performance it was very depending on his take on it it, it, it kings would they really would does he really you would it's hard to like really believe it that would they would he feel like? I mean, he lives, he's a span like two hundred years that he experiences. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's. I think in the end, it's it makes you think not about robots, but about yourself and how your your thought processes and falling in love and everything. If, if it can be replicated in that way, or how it how it works inside of you, if it can work in the same way. In a in a in a program, let's say, if you're not so special, let's, <laughs> but you're just a, a series of circumstances and and needs and and things that can happen to a robot as well, if if they have the right programming and the right set of circumstances that let lead them to that thing. So it kind of makes you feel less special in that sense when it's something that you do can be replicated, not only like things that have to do about that databases that you have that are put into action where you work or but but it's, it's funny in that film because i mean towards the end let's say he actually wants to wants to actually die which is brings me the question do ais want to die is this touched upon in again we'll talk about the card series where data it, we it's followed after quite a while back in, and we're, we're in the future where data is asking to be put to be put to sleep as well so it, it 
I can't think of any other things where AIs really have had enough of themselves and they just want to want to end their lives. <laughs> Wake me up when September ends. Wake me up when you you are dead. <laughs> and then wake me up, please, because I cannot stand yeah. you anymore. <laughs> yeah, that kind of uh, they do that a little bit in the Black Mirror one is what I'm thinking of, but there wasn't necessarily intentional. It's just because it was like, well, they didn't want to be trapped in a situation anymore and they thought you know death would be better than the circumstances they were in <laughs> but then they wound up not really dying so um yeah it's um it's quite interesting to see i mean it, it is it is quite a with ai i think it's now becoming portrayed as a new race or you know like we we become like the god figures and almost we've reached our whatever our limits were and so we, we either create them to give us a more scope of experience by living through them, um, like having children, I suppose. But uh, um, so they've always kind of, those interests, it, it tends to be for dramatic purposes, fighting for their rights and so forth, which um, um, I think it's been done, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of Blade Runner, but even Blade Runner 2049, I think it was. Um, Again, it explores that, you know, from being serves, they're always fighting for their rights. So they, they've come to this level where they're servants, but then... Um, oh, the replicants? Yeah, replicants. Which is a bit... Because I always thought they were cloned or the grown, but they actually are AI or are they kind of grown? It's a bit... bit they are created. How they're they're created by that company, yeah. Yeah. So that even their brains, yeah, they're thinking responses so it is on that level of control but that's with i guess biological matter or something that looks like it as, as much as it can so there's always this kind of like uh very gray area with that yeah, but in movies they don't uh create political parties and do lobbying for like a century until they get the rights <laughs> they always take action violently <laughs> because it's a movie and you cannot be like i'm gonna wait here for a few cents decades too until i pass this it's law. quicker it's quicker yeah just, just to wait us out yeah i think we're doing a good job to, to wipe ourselves out. i don't know why they want to wage war on us all this time um or they want their own land and thinking well yeah fine <laughs> whatever's left um uh, it, actually actually in the matrix franchise in the I think Andrew mentioned the Animatrix in the the origins of the whole story of the Matrix. It's in an animated movie called The Second Renaissance. Uh, you have how they show actually how the robots uh, took over, and in a way, actually, they first tried to uh, to uh, lived with human beings when they became actually self aware. They tried to have a, a seat at the UN. They tried to to have their own nation in Middle East, etc. And there was peace, etc. And it is implied that it's more because of human beings than robots that war started. And in the end, robots did win. But yeah, in oh, the mission, in, in, I mean, in, in this in, in this animated movie, it feels extremely. Uh, uh, not realistic, but it feels like a logic uh, path towards 
the takeover by the robots, not like it, uh, it, ju not just a revolution. It also happens, yeah, in in reality that there are revolutions and <laughs> wars. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. No, 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 I mean that not not straight away. That actually, but in in that animated show, which is like only half an hour long, it it shows the different stages. What I mean, is yeah, that yeah, true. they try at first to to live uh, as a peaceful nation, etc. It doesn't work because they keep being rejected uh, by uh, human beings. They try to have a seat at the UN. They, again, they are rejected. Uh, human beings try to literally exterminate them. And that, because human beings are morons, they don't realize actually that they are completely uh, overpowered by robots. So they obviously lose the war and that's it. But no, anyway, I, I think, yeah, it's a good recommendation to talk yeah. about the animatrix. Uh, anyway, yeah. Also in that uh, second one, I, I think there's even mentioned they started having their own little uh, place to live, but they started yeah, yeah, yeah. producing products that was outmatching what we were producing. Exactly, yeah. So they, they were, they were Exactly, they were taking, taking over the economic world because they were having products, and because obviously they were robots, they were working 24-7, <laughs> and they were producing 10 times faster and in more quantity, and uh, yeah. Well, wait till robots have trade unions. That would have stopped straight away, you see. So, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't quite hate you. But um, yeah, that, 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 um, those animated short films, which at least I had room to explore uh, the AI. In, in the first movie, I think The Matrix, it, it was more of a straightforward savior story. And it was really, you know, for more or less the bad guys, a bad AI, you know. But, but then it is. The Animatrix filled in quite a lot of more interesting ground, and it covered a lot of yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah. With, with yeah. The, the first uh, murder of a um, of a robot, of a robot. And, yeah, and, exactly. right, and, and the marriage, and they get married. It, it is um, very well put. Those little steps. Um, um, so um, yeah, I, I, what did you think of the revolutions? Because that should have been a natural extension of. Of AI and but I, I it's, it's very muddled. I kind of I'm trying to make if it made any commentary at all about AI, but it didn't. It just repeated itself. Um, I think I don't know what the girl was. I think at the end of the third one, anyway, they kind of wanted it was a, a peace between humans and yeah to um, go back AI. to, to go, yeah to go back to what we're saying to go back to what it was in the first place, realizing actually that they need each other and. Uh, yeah. They is always always an imp they try to imply it also in Matrix Reloaded actually that human beings could shut all the robots and all the machines off and that's why they have more power than them than the other around but at the same time us as a civilization we will lose so much if tomorrow we decide actually to turn off everything that is electronical etc so we will be almost killing each other by uh, by doing so so the message was already in the second movie was saying but maybe the the ending is not actually killing each other but finding a way to live together it was, it was a very positive yeah. message <laughs> yeah it was when do you now. think that when do you think that ai will start to think in the sense of what's my purpose here why are we here well they don't live and die like uh, like um, things that are alive, 
But at the same time, they can they can try to ask in the, that kind of religious way: Is there a god apart from this human that created me? <laughs> is there a superior being that created the whole universe? Where do we come from? And they that's a, that's a valid question for like everything that exists, not even not, not only know, human. I, I think I'm not an expert, but I don't know how, I, I, what we should look at if we want to compare. It should look at at the history of humanity, actually. And if I'm not mistaken, again, I'm not an expert, so I may be wrong here, but there is there was like, I don't know how much time between two evolutions in this stage of human evolution, there was the Homo sapiens, which is the idea that human, a human being was uh, aware of its own existence, but, but then there was a gap, I don't know of how much time, to the second evolution, which is us, the Homo sapiens sapiens, that is us being aware of our own existence, but also of our own death and our own, own uh, influence over the world. And I think that's actually this stage of evolution that you are talking about, Alfonso. But if when the AI reached the, our current stage of evolution, then we might be in trouble. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, to be honest, I, I should look into it, to be honest, but I don't know how much time it took for humanity to, let's say, to bridge this gap between the first and second evolution. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be such a difference in the sense of like, what will, what will they do? Like, they will think like, oh, we will create a religion because we truly believe in the beginning there was an AI that created the first human in the world. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think um, if we go back to the to the Matrix, uh, what the programs feared themselves, certainly the older programs, was deletion or being obsolete. Um, but then, but what does happen to programs is what they they get upgraded or changed. So, would AI feel that if they got upgraded, would they still be the same AI that they <laughs> like or are? So would they fear their own, trying to preserve their own self? Say, well, you're going to change me. Which, Interesting. Which maybe with our evolution, say we, we go, we want to augment ourselves. We want, you know, to think faster or, or so forth, or remember a lot more that we augment ourselves, either with some kind of AI. Then, then we have to ask how much of that is me and how much don't, of don't that is... Don't upgrade me. You're violating <laughs> my rights as an AI that wants to have my features. Yeah, I want to choose what AI well, yeah. gender I am, and it, it's it's all those questions that could be interesting things for. Um, I for hate broccoli, narrative. and I don't want to like broccoli. <laughs> well, well, we'll change you that you do like broccoli. So yeah, it's, it's me. It's, that's me, and that's it. I'm a supporter I'll, of I'll, Chelsea. I cannot be. Imagine. I'll just write a program where you do know. That, that, that's quite interesting how fluid uh, their identity. It's identity, I think. It's what, what a lot of these uh, films and TV shows go aim towards or what they want. You know, what makes them, them, them. What makes this AI a, an individual or a collective? I mean, a lot of them do want to have their own rights and, and so forth. So, yeah, imagine so. that you fall in love with an AI and they get changed from one day to another. Like you, <laughs> exactly. lost, you lost everything. <laughs> how, how, how much would an AI fight for their own individuality is kind of a quite interesting question. 
Um, uh, Mark, you've got your hand up. I do, yeah. Well, on some of the themes that um, everyone's discussing, a film that comes to mind, although I, I'm careful to uh, speak about it without spoilers because um, part of the spoilers is the great concept in, in the film. So it's a film that um, I thought about for this meetup that is currently on Netflix in the UK, which is called Extinction. Um, so <clears throat> without... In case anyone wants to see it, or from when I'm describing it, may decide to see it, I'll try and keep it spoiler-free. But um, in essence, why I like this film uh, on this topic is because you... So the relationship to artificial intelligence is um, not very clear in the film. That's probably the best way of saying it. So uh, in essence, how the film plays out, it's in a near future. Um, the main character, it almost plays out like a sort of mix between um, uh, The Sixth Sense and Independence Day, which sounds like a odd, sounds like it's got nothing to do with AI. And on that concept, it doesn't. So um, it's in essence set in the near future. A guy who's like a normal, normal everyday guy, sort of factory type worker, is having these visions about an alien invasion. No one kind of believes him. Uh, it then comes true, um, but everything is not what it seems. That's probably the best way to say everything without spoilers. Um, but it's a great, a great film because it kind of, in the concept or in relation to AI, things like that, it does explore ideas of um, what we talked about earlier about AI you know, the, the relationship between AI and humanity or AI, how much an AI can be, you know, a human that can sort of blur the lines. Um, yeah, uh, Richard's seen it. OK, so, yeah, Richard will know. Uh, yes, with Michael Penner, that's correct. Um, and again, just in case anyone wants to see it, I don't want to um, give anything away, but it's I really liked the portrayal of AI in it. That's probably the best way yeah, of the good recommendation. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, very good. Uh, I want to see it. Yeah. You've seen it or you want to see it? No, I want to see it now that you talk about it. I won't say anything more then, but I I really enjoyed it. Um, Another film, or a couple of films actually, that um, I think are Upgrade, of course, which is kind of like a better Venom than Venom. Um, It's kind of, you know, it's got that feel to it, but instead of it being an alien symbiote, it's in essence a computer chip in the guy's head um it's sort of about a guy who's like a works in software um again in the near future he's he's kind of um got an artificial intelligence chip put in his head which kind of controls his actions but again it does remind me of sort of tom hardy's performance in venom but it's almost a better venom than venom film um one that i saw recently that was on netflix it's all right it's much more action based it's almost like a video game is jung e uh, which is a 2023 uh, sci-fi film on Netflix, South Korean. So about um, a sort of super soldier in the future, a woman sort of super soldier in the future who, when her her young, she looks after her young daughter um, and the young daughter grows up to be a scientist and the young daughter, the, as an adult, the scientist clones her mother, who was this super soldier, or, or kind of rather than clones her, is able to sort of bring back her intelligence in, you know, uh, sy- synthetic bodies, shall we say, to try and win this war. Um, yeah, it's not, you know, it's okay. It's not a bad film, but great effects, great sort of visuals, great effects. Um, not bad, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, I would say probably um, Extinction is a very, very good um, uh, film in the in relation to sort of watching something related to AI. Um, yeah, up, upgrade another great one. Um, but yeah, there are there are sort of there's there's an Altered Carbon. That's a very good series on um, on Netflix, kind of about the idea of people's consciousness being uploaded onto. Uh, so, so almost like, almost like, um, uh, what's the right word? Like, um, memory sticks, almost like, uh, memory sticks, but people's consciousness can be uploaded onto memory stick and in place in different bodies. Um, but yeah, uh, so those are kind of some choices, but definitely extinction is one that I, um, I really enjoyed. Thanks. Yeah, thanks Mark. Yeah. I've got some good ones there. Actually. I um, always forget my memory sticks everywhere. So it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What a bad father you are to your mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Everyone okay. can have my son. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, we can just quickly go around the room. Any, any, you can pick any uh, maybe uh, recommendations uh, before we end of uh, highlight uh, to those who maybe not new to AI in films and all that, but any classics you want to uh, to recommend? Um, I could start off. I think I'll, I will recommend one that gets I've just re- come to mind but of course it is involved AI is 2001 I think that does explore a great conundrum sometimes that a program finds where it's stuck between a rock and a hard place as in it has a job to do but it, there are some complications and how does it interpret it, <laughs> it its mission parameters it, it, it's very it, it doesn't really sentimentalize AI in any way it just it, it's a nice way of how a program tries to deal with a conflict of interest. That's not the theme of the film, but it is a big, a big, nice narrative trope to uh, to two thousand and one, which explored really well. Um, Mark, we've had your recommendations. Um, uh, Richard, anyone that you just want to give a shout out to, as in that uh, kind of AI, could be ones you mentioned I, before. I, I, I just wanted to think. I wanted to mention a couple of movies, but I'm think. I was thinking when we say AI, this topic. It doesn't have to be only sci-fi, right? No, no, really, no. Because, I, I, because what I mean is that I, w- I read some articles in the last couple of days, and there was someone that you mentioned a good idea. It, someone mentioned actually Moneyball with Brad Pitt and Margin Call. Let me explain why. Uh, the idea was actually that these movies that we show in the real world nowadays. Uh, how much actually we already rely on AI. What I mean is that mm-hmm. in, in a way, it's maybe we should, instead of sci-fi, there are a lot, of, a lot of movies that actually already show how much actually we are dependent on AI. In the case of Moneyball, it, I do might prove me wrong, but it's actually the true story of uh, uh, a coach uh, I believe it's in, is it Orlando? Uh, anyway, I think, no, not Orlando. Anyway, it's uh, uh, it's of a small team that is going nowhere and he, he, with the help, Oakland, thank you, Andrew, uh, with the help of uh, of another guy with kind of a small genius and, uh, and also based on data analytics, they actually kind of, see things that you see the weaknesses and the strength of the team and they reach success by doing that by doing so and in case of margin call it's kind of a fictionalized fictionalized story of um 
of the crash of 2008 uh, with a, a firm that doesn't have a real name, but is probably obviously inspired by Lehman Brothers or whatever. And, uh, and again, it's the idea that by relying a lot on AI, you can obviously maybe rely too much and either you don't want to see the truth or you are in denial. And when you see actually that everything is going down, it's too late. Or you can also rely on AI in the case of the main character um, played by Zachary Quinto, who actually thanks to AI uh, can see the, in a way the, the forecast, the future of the company and can warn the CEO of what's to come and kind of save the company before all the other companies on Wall Street will collapse. So yeah, I, I thought it was two really good examples of uh, how AI is used in movies, but not sci-fi, obviously. No, no, but, but, no it's, like, it's, it's basically like mathematics is like foundation of, of computers and AI. So yeah, very, it, it, we are probably using it in very much real world situations foundations of statistics and, and math so uh, yeah that's kind of the root of ai quite honestly uh yeah. but no that, that's a good call Thank, thanks richard um andrew any you just want to mention any recommendations for those listening at home that maybe they're not familiar with? Well, there's probably a bunch of really good ones out there but uh uh i just wanted to go simple and they're from the same director i think a couple of 80s I guess call them classics. Uh, one is War Games, and the other is mm. Short Circuit. Completely different. Like one is uh, War Games uh, AI just gone wrong, where they put decisions of uh, you know whether or not to fire uh, nuclear missiles in the uh, digital virtual hands, uh, so to speak, of uh, Whopper, which is a supercomputer. Because they want to take out the human element, because they feel that doesn't work for them. Things don't go so well because it gets hacked, and then things just kind of go downhill from there. And then they have to try to stop World War Three. This is during the Cold War. And then, uh, yeah, I think it's the same director also did uh, Short Circuit, a completely different film, light comedy about a robot that. Uh, becomes aware, self-aware, and uh, just cute little comedy. Uh, but also the same kind of concept uh, this robot it just wants to uh, not die and not be used as like a like a WMD or whatever. So uh, so it's a very simple film, but just what they can do with it. So I just wanted to mention those. Uh, you read really fast, that robot. I was always jealous. Oh, Johnny number capacity. five? Yeah, he read so fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, uh, well, yeah, he's, he's very, he's a speed reader. He's, he's a super uh, robot, but uh, he just doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to be used as, uh, as a weapon. So. Um, also, I didn't know if you wanted me to mention that Japanese film, because uh, again, spoilers. Yeah. The sure, yeah, it's, it's uh, called Tag. It's from 2015. Uh, I don't know if the Japanese title is off the top of my head, but it's a, um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, because a lot of films call tag. But yeah, kind of a lot of weird stuff is happening. A lot of, I, I just stereotype, you know, weirdness in Japanese films, but uh, it turns out there's other stuff going on. It becomes part of this uh, simulation. So 
Uh, and you kind of kind of sense that something's going on because it's just even by the standards of unusual films, you kind of figure there's like a pattern there. Uh, and then there's, um, and that's one other thing is uh, you mentioned Star Trek uh, on the uh, third season of the Orville, which is basically a Star Trek, uh, I don't know what name. They also did the background of one of the villains on this show, uh, the Kalon, uh, not Cylon, Kalon, uh, these robots. And you find out that they were abused by their creators and they were like really abused. And so you kind of, even though you still see what they do as villainous in the present, you kind of understand where they were coming from. And, you know, it was from a really messed up situation. So they kind of had to rebel. So. Hmm. Thanks, uh, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, that's good, uh, good uh, titles there. Um, um... Um, Alfonso, anything you want to just throw to those maybe listening at home from uh, that well, they could recommend? First of all, I would say I, w- I am impressed by how many classics involve AI robots. And, um, I, I already said Bicentennial Man, which is dear to my heart, and um, uh, Ex Machina. I always feel it's one of my favorites. Uh, but uh, you have so many that we have mentioned. It's it's impressive. I also would think that I also would like to point out recently the whole storyline with uh, of a Marvel about this AI that first worked uh, for Tony Stark, then became a superhero, then uh, was in love with the Scarlet Witch, then the Scarlet Witch somehow decided that there was a way in which they could have children and go so far as to threaten the whole universe and move the universe because there's one universe, one dimension where those children really exist. So they, they, go, they go from an AI who was like the butler of Tony Stark, then a superhero, then comes... A, like witches, <laughs> they, they, those two have children, which I guess from the witch side is okay, but from the AI who has a, what kind of body is that? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I, Vision, I think it's it's the name of the, the guy. Yes. I think he has a, somehow semen. I don't know. It's yes. like, well, I guess, I guess when you're a witch and you have some kind of a body, you can make wonders. But but then, and that's how it goes. And she, I don't know how, how it all ended up, but it's uh, like I don't remember. It's somehow Doctor Strange was there, and uh, oh, um, America Chavez was was it America Chavez? I think it was the girl yeah. was yes. there um, involved. But the the girl just had gone so far. Uh, just like if you're gonna, I if you're a witch, I guess. Your count- to counterbalance that kind of madness, you get an AI, super powerful and very like straightforward thinking. And it's kind of, yeah, it's a good couple for you. But then, <laughs> then it's like, those children, what are they? <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> are they <laughs> what are they in the future? Like, I, I think it's a, it's a thing that is it's just, 
if you think about it, it it gets funnier at every turn. <laughs> like right. she's like my children that I had with the artificial intelligence. Who was? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, actually, yes. You, actually, that that's quite quite a uh, journey, as uh, you say, for an AI. There, in quite that's quite yeah, for visions visions journey. I guess uh, quite an inspirational uh, role model for all aspiring AIs out there. Um, yeah. 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 You get a, a horny witch and <laughs> it's from, on, from, man. What, from, from automated uh, operating system to uh, to uh, a family man. And then oh. he's gonna he's gonna reappear, I think, in the future as well. He's not he's not done. <laughs> no, it's never. Of done. course not. No, no, nobody dies. Nobody dies. No, especially an AI. Yeah, they AI just get upgraded. <laughs> well. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think on that note, I think, uh, thank you, thank you, um, my co-host on uh, this topic of AI. And um, thanks for joining me and we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this film and TVReview.com episode. Catch the latest film and TV reviews together with regular episode content from the world of film and TV every week. See you soon. Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today.